We've got some questions we need answered about Syracuse football. Hopefully, we get those answers on Saturday at 8 p.m. Locked on Syracuse starts right now. Locked on Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's your Thursday episode with Owen Valentine. I am Matt Bonaparte. Thank you for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. I'm pretty excited. Syracuse football only two days away now. Saturday night, 8 p.m. in the JMA Dome. Get used to saying that. Uh, it's going to be exciting. Syracuse taking on a team that has just pulverized them seemingly every time they play them, but really it's just the last two years. Uh, Last three times they've played, it was at Louisville, so it's kind of nice to have it uh, at the Dome this time around. So this is all exciting. If you're going, let us know. We'd love to hear about that. Owen, are you going? TBD. Uh, I said 85% yesterday. I'm going to say 88% today. Seems more Ooh, likely. Up there. Um, but uh, I have some some people coming into to town on Saturday, so I might have to get dragged away uh, regardless it's only a 12% will, will, chance you get dragged away, though. I know. I will fight to be in the Dome, uh, the JMA Wireless Dome. I will fight to be there uh, on Saturday night for uh, for a season opener. And based on you know what I'm seeing with you know some ticket charts, it seems like a lot of people will be there. So exciting yes, little I home saw opener. Yes, those tweets. Looks good. Yeah, definitely. Cheap tickets, right? If you're looking for a seat, uh, I saw, I think it was like 40-yard line for 12 bucks today. Uh, cool. So you're not... You don't have to break out or break the piggy bank open for this. Just, you know, take a 20 and uh, have yourself a good time at the Dome on, on Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, and get ready tomorrow. We've got an exciting interview coming, so gear up for that. We'll be detailing everything about the Louisville Cardinals with the U of L sideline reporter. So that should be very exciting. But, hey, let's jump right into today's episode, your Thursday episode. We're asking questions today. Yesterday, we said, this is what we want to see. Today, we asked the hard-hitting questions of, what's this, and what's that, and blah, blah, blah. Uh, we've talked about, what are the big question marks on this team? Now we kind of make those a little bit more specific. First one up is, and I actually think this is the most important question, how much trust can be won or lost by the defense in this game? The defense coming into this year, probably just aside from the three guys in the line, is arguably the most sound it's been maybe in five years since like Andrew Armstrong and uh, Kendall Coleman and Alton Robinson were locking things down. Like I think they have arguably a better defense this year than they did in 2018. Wow. Hello. I'm not saying it's for a hundred percent fact, but I'm saying like it could end up like that, which is something you couldn't say the last two or three years. No, it definitely has the capabilities to, and I think Louisville is a good battle and a good test in week one that really says, you know, how good is this defense actually? We see the names. We see you're bringing back a tremendous amount of players. You bring back the whole linebacking core. Your secondary has so much experience. The defensive line, yes, there's some questions, but it seems like they've got some competence. They've got some – 
some spark and they have the capabilities to be pretty good this year. They definitely have the pieces, but Louisville has a very, very good offense. As we discussed yesterday, as I'm sure we'll discuss tomorrow uh, as we go into our Louisville interview and preview in a little bit more depth, but this defense has a ton to prove in week one because of what you just said. This is a team that has a defense that could be in a conversation with the levels it was at in 2018 if some things work out, if some of these questions that we're going to look at today find their answers in favor of the Orange. I think a ton of trust can be won in this game for the Syracuse defense. I'm not 100% sure how much can be lost. I think if the lost trust is in this game, it is going to be on the defensive line, which is, you know, not to preview the next question, but might be in our list of questions today. Uh, I think a lot more trust can be won in week one for Syracuse's defense than can be lost. And I, I think that's because this Louisville offense really is a tough test. You look at their offensive line uh, that has, you know, four returning starters and they bring in a Virginia Tech transfer at, at center. Uh, so they have an a very, very solid offensive line, not to mention Malik Willis, not to mention the four-pronged running back system that uh, they can pull through and look at. They've got options. They've got a ton of transfers at receiver as well, some guys that have made some flashes in their spring camp or their uh, their preseason camp. There are a lot of really offensive sparks that this Louisville team has all sitting behind a very, very strong offensive line. So you are starting with a litmus test if you're the Syracuse defense, and I think that uh, a lot will be taken away and a lot can be said after this initial game for the Oranges D. Sure, and I see that, but it's games like the 2019 opener against Liberty where they won 24-zip. Josh Black had like four sacks or something. They didn't allow a point, of course that gives me a little bit of worry about how much they can win in terms of trust. Because after that game, everyone thought Syracuse's defense was phenomenal. And they're coming off 2018. So people think Syracuse are great. They're ranked 22nd in the country at the time, I believe. Yeah. And they're going into the Maryland game thinking, okay, we're going to win this. And then next week we go back home for game day against Clemson at the Dome. That, yeah. was, the, that was the mindset after that game, after that Liberty game. Obviously, then Maryland just absolutely destroys SU, uh, arguably the worst loss of Dino's tenure, I think it was, Um, and it it all went downhill. So I don't know how much I'll trust them. Obviously, if they won 21-0 against Louisville, it's different than winning against Liberty. It's a lot more of an accomplishment, but still, you know, week one, everything is a little hazy, and you never know really what's going to happen, so uh, because, you know, Three weeks down the line, if Syracuse, say Syracuse were to win 24-0, would be fantastic. But say three weeks down the line, maybe you find out that Louisville's team wasn't really all that good. And that offense can't put points up against anybody or something like that. Not saying that's the case, just putting in hypothetical. Uh, so they could play really well, and I'd be happy about that. And they would gain some trust, but I wouldn't just put all my eggs in the defense's basket uh, if they won big and didn't allow a lot of points. Now, on the other side of that coin, they can lose a ton of trust. If they just get blown out immediately, I'm thinking, okay, well, they stink. So, uh, I mean, I guess it's not really fair in that aspect because they can't win as much as they can lose, but, you know, that's just how it is. I, I got to look at this, though, and I, I see this, and you you hinted at it, but this is there is a lot more in terms of what this game can show than that Liberty game did. I mean, that's a, a pre-Malik Willis uh, being that guy – Liberty team that's not great and that was 
you know, the discrepancy that you expected at that point in time when Syracuse was playing Liberty and playing teams of that caliber in 2019. They come out, they have an unreal start. There was that hype. Uh, and yes, it was the wrongful hype. I think that if Syracuse comes out and plays a really solid defensive game against Louisville, that all of the hype that they got against uh, Liberty will be warranted this time around. And it will show that this defense is legit and can hold with you know top teams in the ACC possibly if they catch them on a good day. Uh, and I, I think that this Louisville offense is good enough to walk away from this game if you can hold Louisville to you know 25 or fewer points or 21 points that you can really walk away from that game and say wow this defense is as advertised some of these questions that we might have had going into the season have been answered and we can really really confidently say that this team can be carried if the offense doesn't work out to perfection immediately that this team can be carried by a little bit more of an experienced Tony White defense. Sure. Um, I see what you're saying. Okay, before we ask the next one, let me just take a quick break to tell you about BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your source, is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all of the latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's we or this year's opening week's games. Bet Online is also your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. Okay, Matt Bonaparte, Owen Valentine, asking some hard-hitting questions here ahead of Syracuse's matchup with Louisville at home to start the year in week one this Saturday. First, we talked about the defense. We're going to stick with that vein. How much can we expect from the defensive line? Can they get it done against a quarterback that diced him up last year. And like we said yesterday, pretty underratedly, very low key uh, game for Malik Cunningham, maybe had the quietest five touchdowns in the country yeah. that day. He was fantastic, but it, it, the box score is like, yeah, I think 230 total yards and three touchdowns. Like that's nuts or five touchdowns. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, what can we expect from the D line? I mean, you're going to have two guys who have little experience compared to one guy who has no experience. So you've got Okachukwu and Terry Lockett that have little experience, Jatius Gear that's got none. So it's going to be interesting, but it's also going to be extremely telling. Like you're going to know right after that game what the defensive line, or at least a little bit of what the defensive line is going to be this year. Of course, it'll take a couple of games a couple of weeks to really see what the um, personality of the team's defense is, but you'll know what you have in those defenders on that line week one. I, I agree. And I, I think that it, it's very important to, to keep an eye on this and hence why it's on our list of questions. And I could barely answer the first question without hinting at, at this being a major question mark going into week one. Uh, when you look at the the lack of experience, as you were talking about, I, I think that that's something that will definitely be at play here. And when look into or when we look into what we can actually expect from this D line, I don't think we can by any means expect perfection 
or anything close to that. There will be mistakes in this game. What I want and what I hope from this defensive line is that those mistakes are things that can be quickly fixed or quickly helped by uh, the three experienced guys that are standing pretty close to you in the linebacking core that has that experience. So if your mistakes are, you know, smaller things that can be easily recovered from and, you know, your mistake results in a four-yard rush uh, instead of, you know, maybe a stop at the line of scrimmage or something like that, I can get over that. It's the big-time mistakes that that I, I don't want to see. So when it comes to expectations, I think you're going to see – probably a couple of moments where maybe you can tell that this defensive line doesn't have that experience. Uh, I think you can also expect to see the possibility of someone like Dennis Jacquez Jr. or Chase Simmons slipping in there as well, uh, especially if there are some early going mistakes or, or things that don't look outstanding from that defensive line. I think, yes, Okachuku, Lockett, and Gear are your top three right now, but I don't think that means that, that you should sit there without asking a single question about them. Uh, I, I'm fine with you rotating in, seeing, you know, hey, you know, Jacquez Jr. has a little bit more size. Yes, he's a true freshman. Same with Chase Simmons, both with a little bit more size than uh, uh, a guy like Jatias Gear. So if, if Gear is not perfect or, you know, they're smaller than Lockett and Okachuku, but if they, you know, you rotate them through if you need to. Give those other looks. See if you if you need to mix things up. And I think that should be involved in the expectation with this defensive line that, yes, there are questions around this. That's why we're asking them. You can expect them to make some decent plays. You can expect them to have some, ooh, not quite what you were exactly looking for. And you can expect them to be trying some things out because, as you mentioned, there is very, very limited experience in this trio that is going to start on the line. And I think that this year we have a defensive line that we're looking at that doesn't have a standout guy. Yeah. And I don't know when the last time that was like maybe 2016 when like Chris Slayton was the only guy that you kind of looked at. That was like that dude. Sire Franklin's a linebacker like Paris Bennett was there, but like um, he's also a linebacker. You, you know, it wasn't really like you didn't have a defensive end that you were looking at. Like you had Kendall Coleman and Alton Robinson for a really long yeah. time. Brandon Barry, even like you didn't really have like a season like this one where it's anybody's job. Really? It's anybody's yeah. game last year. Honestly, was the closest thing to it where Josh black was your guy, but mm -hmm. he kind of got outplayed. McKinley Williams got outplayed. Cody Roscoe came out of nowhere. Terry Lockett got some snaps. Um, so it was kind of a who comes out of the woodworks year last year. I think that's what we could be looking at this year as well. Just because the week one depth chart has these three guys at the front does not mean by any means that that's what next week uh, or maybe five weeks down the line is going to look like. So I don't know what we can expect from the D line, but they will show us on Saturday at least a little bit what the answer to that is. Okay. Yeah. One more quick thing. If sure, I can go jump ahead. back for just a, a, a I mean, this is, as tough a test as you'll get in terms of quarterback mobility. You know, you don't want to use the comparison because it's such a low-hanging fruit, but this is like Lamar Jackson is the comp for Malik, for Malik Cunningham yeah. here. Like that is the type of, you know, quarterback that you are going to be facing. And when you have a quarterback that 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 is that mobile and so quick to move and so quick to scramble at times to a fault where he puts himself into tougher situations because of how quickly he might tuck that ball. Your linebackers have quite a day ahead of them. 
Uh, so I, I think you want to expect and you hope that this defensive line can can hold their own uh, and not need to rely on the linebackers all too much in the secondary at that because of how difficult it is to contain Malik Willis and how difficult it is to uh, to keep him in check given how quickly and how easily he can just slip out the side. So we can expect them to have a lot of pressure on their shoulders as well. Totally. Um, okay, let's move on. Uh, what do we expect? What do we expect from Aronde Gadsden at tight end? Now, this honestly, I think is going to be one of the most exciting parts of the season. Syracuse yeah. finally coming back to using a tight end. Sterling Gilbert not using a tight end was some of the most painful football everybody had to go through. I mean, that was brutal. Uh, and yeah. if Sean Tucker never showed up, I don't know where this program would be because that offense in 2020 was dreadful. So Aronde Gadsden, who everybody prior to a couple days ago when the depth chart came out, thought was a wide receiver. He came in as a wide receiver. His dad was a wide receiver in the NFL. This is a wide receiver. He's 6'5", 216. That's not really a tight end's body. But depth chart comes out, and lo and behold, tight end one is a Ronde Gats in the second. So I'm excited to see what he's doing, but I'm more excited that the offense is drifting back into that realm. Yeah, I, I think so. And, and one of the things that you know, I always think back when I think of Sterling Gilbert's offense is the lack of men in motion as well. And I think that's something that you could definitely see Gadsden doing a lot is being a guy in motion in that tight end spot just because of, you know, the wide receiver experience and the way that uh, Robert and I has used the tight end or as, you know, Stephen Bailey alluded to when we talked about in our depth chart uh, reaction in a funky way, like it is more than just your traditional tight end. Uh, it is a really, really highly used position uh, historically, at least at, at Virginia, in terms of the offense that Robert and I runs. Uh, so this is something that I have been I I incredibly curious about, and I, I cannot wait until Saturday to see what happens. Um, because as we, we talked about too, a guy like Keaton Thompson, I always get that confused because I want to say Eton Thompson, uh, but Keaton Thompson, uh, who was the tight end slash flex guy uh, that they had at Virginia, was used in so many different capacities. I think he might have lined up at virtually every spot a receiver or tight end could line up uh, in his last season at Virginia, and that is something that you could see. Uh, Gadsden, you're, you're going to just want to look every time Syracuse comes set for where number 19 is because he literally could be anywhere in that offense. He could be in the backfield probably. Uh, he could be lined up as a traditional uh, you know, tight end in the slot, out wide. Like There are so many different spots. If uh, you know Stephen Bailey is correct, as I, I assume he is, based on him just being a football guru compared to the two of us in his knowledge base, uh, if he is anything like Keaton Thompson and how he was used at Virginia – you are going to see him probably in week one against Louisville in five different spots lining up uh, before the snap. And I think that is why I'm so excited to see the answer to this question because it really could be so many different things. And I think week one's answer could be very different from week two's answer and very different from every yeah. week's answer uh, out of how Aronde Gadsden is used in this new offense. 
And how about him having a role that I doubt he thought he was going to have? Like he has Not so much he more. Thought this was happening. He has so much more of an interesting role this season than he thought he was going to. Like yes. he probably rolled into training camp thinking he was going to be like wide receiver six or five, and he now is going to be tight end one. Like that's so cool. Um, kind of surprised they didn't try to stick Valari there. I don't know necessarily how big he is, but they did move him to wide receiver, so. And we and that's something we've seen before with Culpepper, so who knows? Um, He's but got hey, a lot to learn. Maybe yeah, uh, mid-season, end of the season, you'll see a little bit. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, that does it for the Gadsden talk. Our last question is, are we going to be able to trust a punter? Okay, last year, we're coming off Sterling Hoffrichter, who is now the punter for – did he get waived by the Falcons, or is he still there? I thought he was in Early. Miami now. Is he? Um, I, I, maybe someone he's affiliated with moved to Miami. Uh, so he's I'm an NFL kidding. punter. He's so this man is an NFL punter. Oh, it says he's a free agent right now. Uh, maybe he's in the practice squad, but possibly anyway, you go from an NFL punter to whatever we saw that was last year's punt team. I mean, that was brutal. James, right, Williams, they, go ahead. They, have, they had the patented punter. You. Yeah, they had DBU. punter you. It was established, and DBU has taken over so quickly because of how bad that it was for uh, the brief stint since we you, you saw Hoffrichter leave. Uh, it is no longer punter you right now, and there is going to need to be some reclaiming of that throne because right now it is uh, historically punter you, but now it is not currently punter you. You've got to reclaim because DBU. Uh, at Syracuse University is taking over the punter you mantra. Uh, and they have done so very, very quickly. Oh, I mean, I'm just hoping that the man from Wagga Wagga, Maximilian oh, yeah. Von Marburg, he's going to make the first punt on Saturday. He's listed at number one on the depth chart. I'm confident he makes the first punt. There is an or next to his name, but he's on top. I'm taking him as the punter. Um, I'm just hoping he can come in. Like this kid's a true freshman. He's a serious looking guy in terms of whatever his uh his his headshot looks like. He's <laughs> I I'm just hoping. I mean, this guy went to like punting academy in Australia or Wales. Um no, Australia. Yeah. South Wales, Australia. That's what I was getting confused of. Um I just want a guy like there should be no reason that we have to be worried when the punter is on the field. And that's what it was like when Williams was on the field last year, when he was, when he got out there, it was like, Oh my God, just kick it forward, dude. Like I remember the first one, it was just like, was, was that, was that us? <laughs> like that was, it was who, who, terrible. Um, was that an overthrow? So I'm, I'm just hoping that this man for the visual uh, podcast enjoyers who he's on the screen right now. Like I'm hoping that this man can make a difference. He looks serious. He's serious about his job. Yeah. I hope he leads to something. Uh, yeah, I, hope I, I hope so. Special teams, I guess. Former soccer player. Yeah, man. Um, imagine he comes out. It's fantastic. He's from Wagga Wagga. Uh, he went to St. Mary Macalop College's Wagga. I mean, come on. That's awesome. I, I'm excited for it. I, I, I'm excited to see the first punt. Uh, and, you know, best case scenario, Syracuse doesn't punt. Um, but well, in the inevitable event happens. that they do, 
Um, granted, this isn't a uh, a Bills Patriots uh, playoff game in last year where you're not going to punt ever. Uh, you're going to see Max von Marburg come out and, and take that first punt. And I think you're correct in the fact that him being listed first, he's going to walk out there first. And I think he will punt until it is shown that he shouldn't. Uh, if that happens, then you will see James Williams pop up uh, and, and, and give it a shot. But I, I think it's Von Marburg's spot right now, at least in coming out against Louisville, it is his spot unless he shows that it really shouldn't be. And that is when that sort of two-pronged system or back-and-forth ordeal uh, might begin. And I hope that doesn't happen. I hope uh, that Syracuse has a competent putter or punter and uh you know has some some south you know, I, i'm just thinking about my golf game right now i can't putt and that was it was just a default so i said a competent putter because i can't be a competent putter uh but hopefully syracuse has a confident punter so and you that, know uh, they don't know they don't have to deal with the fact that it's always in my head that i right. can't putt and it makes okay, me a worse putter so von marco's <laughs> got to come out and say yes i can punt the ball and punt the ball like he knows how to punt the ball. And, and then you I know what? Have to talk about punting no more specialty punts. No, no more specialty punts. That was so stupid when Dina was like, oh, we tried out a specialty punt. Just punt the ball, dude. Punt like, the ball. It, it shouldn't be in the stands, okay? Just make it go that way. All right, anyway, that's all we got. Um, we will see you for that interview tomorrow. But before we go, I say thank you for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen every day. Go make your second listen, the ultimate pro football preview 2022, an eight-episode extravaganza to get you ready for the NFL season. The local team experts of the Lockdown Podcast Network, plus a betting angle from Lee Sterling of Lockdown Bets, all combining into one ultimate NFL preview. Search Ultimate Pro Football Preview 2022 on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Owen and I back tomorrow with an interview previewing week one. We will see you then.